As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their reserve collection, CBD gummies with 5 milligrams of THC. The Reserve Collection is a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold, the Reserve Collection product solicits strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code HOFFMAN30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection Gummies. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to hear your questions. Your questions come to radio program at AOL.com. With me today, Layla Mudin, who is our nutritionist in residence, and she's here to help me field questions. Something that I look forward to every week because it's fun. You never know what's going to come up. So And the time just flies. It just really does. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. I hope it does for you folks. Uh, evidently, uh, many of you are listening. Uh, so before we get to questions, by the way, radio program at AOL.com is the place to send them. Um, this week's, this week marks, um, the approval of two drugs, hmm. uh, that are kind of momentous because one is for Alzheimer's disease. Oh, the yeah. first, uh, new drug to be approved for Alzheimer's disease in 20 years. Uh, and there's also uh, a new weight loss drug, oh, uh, which is, and the headlines are sensational on it. It's, it's a game changer. Uh, it's um, FDA approves popular diabetes medication for use as weight loss drug. FD, I love when they use game changer. When, whenever they say game changer, beware. <laughs> you know, the, it's a game changer in cancer, Alzheimer's, or now weight loss. FDA approves game changer drug for weight loss. In clinical trials, participants lost up to 20% of their body weight. Okay. So, uh, we're vanquishing two of the major scourges of mankind with yes. these new drugs. So, uh, let's give it a little context. By the way, the uh, approval for uh, the Alzheimer's drug um, it was uh, greeted with a great deal of skepticism. Uh, the New York Times writes, Alzheimer's drug is bonanza for Biogen, most likely at taxpayer expense. Why? Because it's going to be, it costs $56,000 a year. It's injectable. It's injectable. Uh, That's once. somebody's salary. Yeah, exactly. That's... Yeah. This I mean, that, that used to be a good income. Yep. I mean, now it's below, probably approaching the poverty line. But you know, in the old days, that was like, a, you know, it's yep. like we were growing up. Your dad made fifty six thousand dollars a year. Holy. Oh Jesus. right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 a inflation. But anyway, so fifty six thousand dollars a year for an Alzheimer's drug, um, 
And uh, they also say about this uh, that uh, uh, FDA approval of New York of new Alzheimer's drug may boost prospects of other treatments. Okay, that's that's you know uh, optimistic. But um, what they say here is that uh, this is not the way they should be approving drugs. Uh, what so we see what the this was approved on the basis of uh, demonstration that it could reduce. Uh, the plaque formation in the brain, the so-called amyloid plaque. Yes. Uh, however, the trials really, you know, in order to determine if a drug like that is going to be helpful for Alzheimer's disease, uh, the trials really need to go for decades. Uh, at at $56,000 a year, that's quite an expensive price for a drug, on speculation that it may make Alzheimer's disease slow down. So what's going to happen is everybody who has a little bit of a cognitive problem is going to demand that they get yeah. it from their doctor. It's going to be a, you know, like people with dementia. Uh, there, there, there are tens of millions of them. And so this is going to be kind of catastrophic to our healthcare budget. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the problem is, and I just saw this on, uh, a, uh, uh, the, uh, 60 Minutes, hmm. uh, they did a special on uh, Alzheimer's disease. So what they, they, they have this project where they're looking at people who are quite old, you know, the 90s, some are centenarians, mm -hmm. and uh, they follow them. And some of them, over the years of the study, uh, showed evidence of progressive uh, cognitive decline. And they did all yeah. kinds of tests and imaging on them. But the ultimate test was an autopsy. They donated their brains to science. Hmm. And so they sliced and diced their brains, and they stained them in various ways and looked them under the microscope. And lo and behold... Uh, many of those who had cognitive decline had amyloid. But paradoxically, there were some, and they actually showed uh, uh, these uh, 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 videos of, yeah. of patients who were uh, subsequently died who were very, very functional up until the point where they died at 98 or 102, mm -hmm. and their brains were full of amyloid. Mm -hmm. And paradoxically... There are other patients who were completely lost. It. They did. They barely recognized their family members, and they had no amyloid. So Alzheimer's is very complex, and not all people with dementia have classic Alzheimer's. Some of them have vascular dementia. Some of them have other processes going Louis on in the body. brain. Yeah, Lewy body. You know. So uh, it this for for everybody. In America, who has some cognitive decline to clamor for this $56,000 drug, which, by the way, has side effects, yeah. would be kind of catastrophic. Well, so on the weight loss front, uh, mm -hmm. what they did, what they found is, this is actually serendipity. What they found is that uh, these drugs are all based on Gila monster venom. That a substance Gila in Gila monst monster... Uh, uh, wow. In Gila monster venom is an incretin inhibitor. And so they said, oh. great, let's model this. Let's like, you know, create synthetic molecules that mimic the Gila monster uh, uh -huh. venom. And this became a whole raft of drugs, drugs like Trulicity and Ozempic. Ozempic is semaglutide. And a different dose of, uh, of that is being purported to be the weight loss drug. Now, what this drug does is it cuts appetite. In fact, one of the side effects is quite a lot of nausea. Oh, boy. Um, and it can cause pancreatitis. So it's a little bit of a dangerous drug to wield, but it does really help people lose weight because it mm. absolutely uh, attenuates appetite. Yeah. Um, and it helps their metabolism, uh, you know, when they're insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, is this a drug that 
as a physician, I'm going to use. Uh, I prefer to use a natural approach. Absolutely. A natural approach. One that, that won't cause pancreatitis. Right. Well, the, the, <laughs> the thing about it is, is there are some people, they just can't exercise personal discipline. Uh, you know, that's not a knock against them. They're, that's just their situation in life. Sure. And the, the injection uh, of this medication will help them lose weight. Yeah. However, uh, you know, how long can that be sustained? Will there be long-term side effects? Um, is this, and the expense is also enormous. It's not yeah. $56,000 a year, but it's an injectable drug, and you can be sure it's going to be pricey. Um, so uh, I guess it does offer an option to people who are overweight, mm -hmm. but a healthier way to get there, you know, it is uh, through diet and exercise. Yeah. I mean, even when you take these drugs, they still recommend... Diet and exercise is part of the program. I actually saw a study which was an interesting study where they looked at diet, exercise, plus one of these types of drugs. Uh -huh. I think it was Trulicity that they used. Mm -hmm. And uh, they found that uh, the combination of diet and exercise and Trulicity was better than either diet and exercise alone or okay. Trulicity alone, that there oh. was synergistic effects. Uh -huh. So, you know, this could be uh, transformative. Is it a game changer? Will side effects emerge when more and more people take it? Well, it, we have a fair amount of experience with diabetics who take it. And we actually have one diabetic. You know the guy who lives in Boston? Yes. You know, who, who, uh, he he uh, does uh, Zoom with us. Right. Right. right? Uh, he, he actually, I, I recommended that he try that medication. Yes, yes. Because he just having a lot of trouble. And, uh, you know, he's quite overweight. And he did do diet and exercise, he but did. he has some real blood sugar problems. I said, get in it, get to an endocrinologist because I don't prescribe the medication, and you may be a candidate for that. Yeah, and it's it's actually helped him. It the part of the problem was during COVID he couldn't see an endocrinologist for two or three months because yes. the, all the offices were disrupted. He finally got to an endocrinologist. He took the medication, um, and uh, he's you're doing a lot better. Made a difference. Yeah, That's but but he's not. Yeah. It's not an either-or thing. I, yes. I really hope that it does not discourage people from doing all of the above, taking an all-of-the-above approach, because yeah. I think it's going to work better with... So anyway, so again, uh, you know, it, after the apparent success of the vaccine, mm -hmm. and, you know, the word isn't out on the long-term efficacy or uh, side effects of the vaccine, but so far so good, you know, it's surprisingly good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just hope that people don't just rush headlong to pharmaceutical fixes for their problems and abandon the natural approach that we espouse here. Exactly. Uh, because certainly the success of the vaccine has burnished the image of the pharmaceutical industry. Like, if they can do that, I mean, they can do anything. They can cure cancer. They can cure Alzheimer's. They can cure obesity. You know, we're just waiting for the next breakthrough to deliver well, us. Well, if they have cures for cancer, it's not a great business model now, is it? <laughs> right, but here, well, it's only it's a it's a good business model if it you have it's a chronic therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like well, therapy. look, frankly, if if we cure COVID and game over, you know, it's like. Yeah. But they're already proposing boosters. Oh, sure. For the variants. Yeah. So it could be not just a one shot deal. It could be a franchise. Mm. You know, a long term uh, sinecure, like yes. a business opportunity. Yes. Uh, for. And already the profits have been astronomical on the vaccine. Sixty-seven billion. Yeah, well, and there's a there's a, a a relatively small group of billionaires already uh -huh. from the oh, vaccine. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People yeah. who either own shares or they're they're right, the developers. Right. 
And uh, uh, we've minted some new billionaires. Yeah, uh, well, Bill Gates even became richer when he bought shares of a particular pharmaceutical company back in 2019. Right. Back before the uh, all this. Uh, yeah, I don't, that was interesting. I don't begrudge him that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's got problems. He's got problems. <laughs> he's got to pay big alimony here. He's got to pay, right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Life is not so rosy. Yeah. Don't be envious. Don't be it. Right, right. Okay, we've got a question here from Judy. Hi, I'm a little concerned with my high LDL cholesterol, and I'm wondering, what is your opinion? Judy has a total cholesterol of 290. That's a little high. HDL of 85, triglycerides at 86. That's a nice ratio That's good because the, the, right we did there. just do the ratio of yeah. cholesterol to HDL. is yeah. about three and change to one. Yeah. Her LDL is 189, but she has large pattern A LDL. So let's explain what we're talking about. Yeah. Is, you know, when you can look at LDL and you can actually qualitate it. Yes. As opposed to just get the overall number. You can break it down. Right. What's the particle size? Mm -hmm. And you can explain that. Right. The particle size done via NMR or a VAPS test, they look at the actual particles. And with something like LDL, they look at whether you have small dense particles which are called the pattern B, or if you have big, light, fluffy particles, which are more desirable, less atherogenic pattern A right. particles. Judy has mostly pattern A particles. So she's asking, should I still be concerned with the high LDL number? There's one way of telling. EBT heart scan. Get a heart scan. Get, Get a heart See, scan. If there's calcium forming in your coronary yeah. arteries. Yeah. Because uh, we could predict that she's less likely to have cardiovascular disease. Yeah. She's also a woman. Mm-hmm. And she may be older. We see a pattern in healthy older women, mm-hmm. women over the age of 70 who have a very high cholesterol in the high 200s, even over 300, where something switches in women at around the age of 70. The yeah. higher the cholesterol, the more likely you are to have long-term longevity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a sign of right. robustness mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. vigorous uh, metabolism. I mean, there's a reason the, the, the body does what it does. With the exception of, of people with a yeah. low HDL but, sure, sure, and sure. high triglycerides. But yeah. she has the right pattern. Yeah. What were the keys to longevity? Somebody said, it might have been Dr. Stephen Sinatra. What is everybody who lives to be 100? What do they all have in common? It was a high HDL, a low insulin. Yes. And I think... I think it was low triglycerides, but I'm not yeah, sure. That the would, third. That would, but the first two definitely. That would make sense, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. So, so everybody should strive for that. Yes. Absolutely yeah, should yeah. strive for that. So. And uh, how do you raise your HDL? Well, uh, you, you don't uh, raise your HDL by being on a no-fat diet. In no, fact, you have to eat fat. Yeah. You need to eat fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also uh, exercise. exercise will do it. And niacin will do it, but there's studies that show that niacin's not that effective for preventing cardiovascular disease. Right, right. And with niacin, especially in high doses, we have to be concerned for liver function. Liver. So it's good to take care of liver function. Yeah. Yeah. We had a patient earlier today who takes both niacin and red rice yeast, and his labs are all beautiful. Yes. And he was asking, well, what do you think of all this niacin? I said, everything's working for you. Yeah. But He's taller. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you don't need to take all this niacin. I don't know, yeah, yeah. but yeah. He had a bit of a plaque score, so we wanted... We, yeah. If he had no plaque score, I'd say forget about it. Yeah. But he has a bit of a plaque score. Yeah, he has a little plaque yeah. score, yeah. All right. So, Judy, get an EBT heart scan, and that will 
inform you whether to be mm -hmm. concerned. Because risk could come from another place. Me. It could That's come true. from inflammation. It can come from uh, LPA. Yes. It can come from potentially homocysteine. Homocysteine, exactly. And Judy, we don't know how old you are. We don't know how long you've had this pattern right. A. Maybe it's a recent thing. Maybe you didn't earlier. And maybe because of that, there may be some... Can I say something about homocysteine? Because homocysteine yes. is one of those things that was popular for a while. And then if you go to a conventional doctor and say, check my homocysteine, they'll almost invariably tell you, like, don't bother because it's been disproven. Yeah. And it was disproven on the basis of some intervention studies for people who had uh, moderately high uh, homocysteine, like in the teens, uh, which I consider high. Very high. Uh, but from the standpoint of the heart, it doesn't seem to matter so much. That level, though, could have affect the brain. It could affect the risk for dementia, yeah. small vessel disease in the brain. Mm -hmm. But what they did, this is the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition a few weeks ago. I just read this, is uh, that we should not throw the baby out with the bathwater with homocysteine because people who have pretty high homocysteine, 20, 30 or more, uh, they were not evaluated in terms of cardiovascular prevention. Mm -hmm. And they should get homocysteine-lowering therapy with... They said the B vitamins and betaine, oh, yes. and that betaine. you know, and we've had so. it, it's less common than patients. We see a lot of patients with homocysteine, 12, 14, 15, but only occasionally do we see patients with homocysteine like 30, 40, 50, 60. Those people deserve intensive therapy for lowering homocysteine. I've never seen a homocysteine homocysteine as high as 30. Yeah. Wow. We, he, the, well, Not too often, because we don't see it that often. Right, 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 right. True. And it's still... I'm mystified by why they're not checking for it yeah. more and more and more. Yeah, it, it, it got... That and lipoprotein little a. Debunked. No, lipoprotein A is It's important. not debunked. Yeah. It's not debunked. Yeah. Well, based on some something. of a few sketchy studies, Sketchy I think. studies, exactly. Oh, speaking of sketchy studies, yes, here Dr. We are. Hoffman. Yeah, here we are. Well, uh, Meyer sent us this email... Hi, what do you make of this? And he sent us something from SciTech Daily. Omega-3 fish oil supplements linked with heart rhythm disorder. Now, get this. This was uh, a meta-analysis that was done. Mm -hmm. And what they found was that uh, because currently fish oil supplements are indicated for people with high triglycerides, something like that, and, to and reduce now for cardiovascular too, they're selling... Yes. Vasipa to people who have That's right. Uh, Vasipa. Yeah, prescription were, exactly. EPA. Yeah. What was the first one? It was some called Lovaza. Lovaza and, yeah. and now Vasipa, yeah. yeah. So some clinical trials have suggested that omega-3 fatty acids may be associated with an increased risk for atrial fibrillation, the most common type of heart disorder. People with this disorder have five times greater likelihood of having a stroke. Now, we know that AFib is often caused by lifestyle factors. Poor diet, lifestyle, having too much happy hour, stuff like that. Blood sugar issues as well. Can I, I have a question. Do you just say there what the magnitude of the effect was? Because I looked at this, mm -hmm. and I think the magnitude of the effect was probably around 10 to 15% increased risk, which is not very much increased risk. The researchers found that omega-3 uh, supplementation was associated with a significantly increased risk for Significant. AFib. Significant. But yeah. what is significant? Compared to placebo. What's with an incidence rate ratio of 1.37. See, okay, so 37% increased. Mm. However, when you are, for, for a practical standpoint, yeah. that does not, it's not like double, triple, quadruple the risk. Right, right. And so, uh, 
It's also meta-analysis, which meta-analysis, which is yeah, a the analysis cherry, cherry picking. Right, it is cherry picking. The analysis included five randomized controlled trials in, investigating the effects of of the fish oil supplementation on cardiovascular outcomes. So participa- participants had elevated triglycerides and were either at high risk for cardiovascular disease or they already had cardiovascular disease. Right. And it was a total of 50,277 patients. That's pretty big. Received fish oils or placebo and were followed up for between two and seven and a half years. Right. And the dose of fish oils varied from 0.84 gram to four grams a day. Which is a, a nice spread. Yeah. But it's quite the spread. Yeah. It's quite the spread. So, so you know what? I used to think that, according to some research prior to this, that fish oil prevented atrial fibrillation. It had an, it, it, yeah. I think it, it, it is more a likely to prevent... A good effect on heart rhythm. It is more likely, I think, to prevent ventricular okay. arrhythmias than atrial arrhythmias. According ventricular to ventricular is more it dangerous. Seems, it seems to stabilize the... Um, uh, membranes of the um, conduction system of the heart, you mm-hmm. know, because it, it actually is a constituent of the cell membranes. And um, so that's what I thought. Yeah. And it also has a bit of a um, sympathetic blocking effect, like a beta blocker, Yeah. that it could slow arrhythmias. Mm-hmm. But according to this study, you know, what I would conclude from this study is that it's less likely that fish oil is beneficial yeah. for atri- to prevent atrial fibrillation. But I will tell you this. It does not say in that study that uh, fish oil increased the risk for stroke because that would be impossible. It, it, if you have atrial fibrillation, you want something on board that's a bit of a blood thinner. Sure. So Because you your, your risk of stroke is higher. Right. So, um you know, there may be something to this. I don't know. I'd have to see, you know, usually when something is published, yeah, you're going to get comments and review, and maybe the research will be replicated, and it'll come back with the same conclusion or different conclusions. Yeah. I would not say it's dangerous. And look, if you already have atrial fibrillation, it's not going to, what you know, it's not going to make you have something that you already have. Right. Right? If so, you already have it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so... I, I don't think the effect, the, the magnitude of the effect is not that great. Exactly. And, and many of these participants already had high triglycerides and established yeah, coronary right. artery disease. So what so are we talking words, about? What does it say about, in other words, another way of saying that is, what does it say about the regular healthy population? Hmm. You know, if you're like a healthy person taking fish oil for, for prevention, is it going to make you get atrial fibrillation? I think that's highly unlikely. Yeah. I think other factors may, yeah. may predict atrial fibrillation. Yeah. I just hate this runaway uh, uh, it's heading it's alarmism. Of, co- of fish oil causing heart rhythm disorder. It, it's sort of poisoning the well. It's alarmism. It really, really um, does. You know, you know who's likely to give the most um, concerted response to that hmm. is the makers of the pharmaceutical fish oil. Yeah. I think it's going to be in their interest. Oh. You know, they have, they're making millions, if not billions, from selling fish oil. I just mm-hmm. I saw it on TV they were advertising it. Um, that uh, this is from the European Society of Cardiology, by the way. This uh, uh-huh. this article. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what the. Okay. All right. So it's not cause and effect. It's right. not. It's just. Uh, I I find this to be sketchy. I think the, in my opinion, the European Society of Cardiology is having too many too many glasses of wine or, or could be beer. That'll give you AFib. Right. <laughs> 
That'll give you AFib. Oh my God, Meyer, thank you for that very thoughtful email and that article. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is great. I got this letter in the mail along with an article. How nice to read a, a handwritten a handwritten letter. Yeah. This is from Tom. Yeah. Over the years, I've heard you and Dr. Hoffman talk about the expense of new cancer drugs and their limited effectiveness. Encloses an article mentioning that the FDA is investigating these medications. Mm -hmm. So can you comment on these cancer medications, how they work, the, the expectations? Because right. apparently there are a lot of cancer drugs on the market, according to this article from the Associated Press, that are not being taken off, and even though right. they're not very effective. Okay. So, Let's uh, comment on that in part yeah. two because it's a bit of an essay question. Yes. Um, the uh, approval of not very efficacious drugs mm -hmm. and their persistence on the uh, uh, you know on the listings yeah. for medication. Because these new medications typically cost between ninety thousand and yes. three hundred thousand a year. Yes. Yes. Some of the cancer drugs are that expensive. My goodness. All right. Let's uh, pause because we're going to divide our podcast into two parts. Uh, that's the question we're going to take up when we return. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Please send your questions so that we can tackle them on next week's edition of the weekly Q&A with Layla here on Intelligent Medicine.